0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Hey guys, how are you doing? It's Mick Tully, we're back. Without going into too much detail, there's been a very high profile case of basically a terrible abuse of power by instructors in the UK. That brought us all around to basically the topic of regulation in martial arts, because any Tom, Dick or Harry can literally hire out a community hall and start teaching martial arts. We're literally nobody checking up on this. This isn't just teaching kids. This is teaching martial arts across the board. Okay, gotcha. So Nathan, we're gonna go straight to you. We've discussed this, but I really like your take on this. Can you share it with the guys who are watching?
2: Yeah, um, so obviously we've both met you know, i don't want to go into too many details but the the case that's kind of made us think about this today is it's not that far from me it's the next city north of us here um it occurred in nottingham and it's a couple of instructors who have been found guilty um of basically child sex offenses and this is something we've talked about a lot in martial arts you know i've got there were instructors that i trained with when i was a kid who it's turned out years later have been found guilty and there seems to be i say far too much of it obviously any is too much but there's so much of it in martial arts and the thing that people don't tend to realize is just the lack of regulation that there is in martial arts the comparison of maybe four and it's one we, we've discussed like we've got mutual friends who work with kids uh working like kindergarten nursery people like Courtney uh my ex-wife used to work in a nursery and when you see what they have to do, they have to do the enhanced bid DBS checks, which is um, uh, before you used to just have to do that test and it lasted a few years. Now, when you do that check, you have to update it regularly. And if it's not updated online, you your know, the nursery will get closed immediately. And, you know, that's checking for like, you know, criminal record and that kind of thing. Uh, but then you have to do, uh, you have to have qualifications for working with children, you have to have first aid, you have Ofsted coming in who like oversee education and coming in and, and rating your place, you have um, ratios of how many kids to how many person, um, all these kind of things occur when you send your child to a kindergarten to a nursery. And the most dangerous thing they're going to do is be cutting stuff with safety scissors, right. And then a martial arts club, you're sending your kids to somewhere um to like a community center or like sitting you know, like a, a a town hall and often there is absolutely no regulation whatsoever and that is to me that's just absolute insanity like how can you be protecting children in so many different areas and then when it comes to something like martial arts there just doesn't seem to be any checks now i, I don't tra- i don't train children at all um i don't have any kids i don't teach them personally i don't know if you guys have experience with um well not only with your own kids but also uh taking your kids to other sports and things like that and taking them to places and seeing um like what regulations are involved in other sports because in martial arts there is nothing
0: i guess i'll jump in because my kids mixed kids are older mine are i got two five-year-olds and a one-year-old uh five-year-old twin daughters and a one-year-old son and it's Interesting to me that despite growing up in martial art, albeit non-traditional martial art, not like in your classic uh, karate Taekwondo federations, but growing up around it very much, and now it's my whole life, despite having children and despite occasionally teaching kids, Nathan, when you brought up this topic and the lack of regulatory bodies in martial art, that had never even occurred to me. Not only is it infrequent, you know what I mean, um, but it, it, it's not even part of the conversation, And immediately when you said it, different pieces started to fall into place in my head of uh, the inevitability, maybe that's maybe too bold of a word of some of these scenarios to happen. Because when we look at uh, similar institutions, whether it's um, education, you know, like public education, that kind of thing, uh, the church is an obvious uh, comparison or whatever, um, where Anybody who has a tendency towards predatory behavior is going to seek out the easiest opportunity to be given access to those people that they might prey upon. right? And if martial art is an example where you can be an adult with, with, by the way, a high level of authority in the room, not just the authority by default of being an adult or an educator, but, you know you have a fan you might be called master for crying out loud in that in that space right there's a huge gap there right it's surprising to me that it's it seems so unchecked
2: yeah that's as you say something there see in my head i always thought about like the individual yeah like the dangerous individual who sets up a club who's a predator and does it within their club and that kind of thing um but then when you were just talking then, I was thinking about, yeah, organizations and people with power, like you've seen it in American gymnastics, you've seen it in football, you've seen it in so many other things, once you give somebody the power, then it can happen as well. So, I mean, what it comes down to is what we call, I don't know if they call it safeguarding in America, but that's what they call it here. Uh, And safeguarding is about creating a safe environment. Uh, And this can be for vulnerable adults and it could be for children. Um, And it's about having policies in place, procedures in place, um, uh, training in place, um, and educating your staff so that everybody knows what, what behaviors you should do and not do around children or around vulnerable adults. And if there is an issue, how that should be raised and how that should be processed um and then you should have like uh monitoring and implementation to keep that stuff going so i know there is there are are guidelines on for safeguarding from Sport england who oversee a lot of sports here and you can get a thing called club mark i think and uh you can there is like a something you can do for uh like a safeguarding badge to have for your gym um and i've literally never seen one that's got it but i think that is a thing over here
0: yeah, I think there's, I'm sure there's similar things here. Um, even if only for commercial purposes, I have to imagine somebody has come up with that idea to try to offer some sort of emblem, some sort of sticker, some sort of grading, as it were. Um, but I think it's important to, like, I guess I'd be curious to get you guys feedback for us to sort of paint a picture for anybody who's involved in martial art who's saying, well, that's not always the case, or not my school or whatever. Because I think we run the risk of, in a lot of these traditional programs where you have adults and children, perhaps in the same class, uh, training together in the same space at the same time, where the teacher could be a saint, you know what I mean? The the actual people in um, the, the powerful position, as it were, could be great, but there's still other power dynamics in the room if if for nothing else than the fact that literally you're wearing a sign of stature you you have a colored belt that suggests right so the entire environment is broken up into very specific power dynamics and people are being put above one another for a variety of reasons and when we stop for a moment and consider could that result in this sort of negative behavior and then we look at other examples be it uh, American gymnastics, be it wrestling, be it the church, we have to confirm that, yes, absolutely, it could be possible. And I guess it's, for me, having never realized this before, I'm curious to kind of hear more opinions from you guys on um, why we should be conscious of this as teachers or as school owners, and maybe just things to look out for, when we're perhaps mixing adults, kids, and like you said, at-risk uh, people in general, right?
1: But I've seen the behaviours that lead to this. There'd always be a brown belt and a black belt, and as soon as you know, some hot white chick, uh, white white belt chick, came in, that bit she'd be dating him within maybe three months. And I'd seen it, but then because I'd moved away from that sort of training, I never realised it. And could, a m- mutual friend of ours was the person that made me realise and highlight it and uh, again it to to steer the conversation to less unsavory but still quite unsavory things uh, is where you're talking about the power dynamic diana rathbourne our dear friend and teacher wrote a great article once basically how to identify and i think the term was how to identify and get rid of the lizards in your gym. And it was basically because she was normally the one woman in the class for such a long time. So when new girls would come in, she'd be like, well, I'm already in here now. So I know what these guys are like. And she was able to literally, I swear to God, she profiled. Like I said to her, I said, you need to get a job at Quantico because every single one of the five guys that you've mentioned, I know one type of those guys. And again, like so we're steering it off. You know what? What I would say, not illegal, but just inappropriate behavior. You know, and I, like, uh, yeah, I think that's more for me. What I see where the problem is, because where you were saying, Kurt, where you go, well, I don't know. Is it? Is it this huge thing? Um, it may be not the huge thing, but the the ripples of the, the ripples come through, and we've seen that so many times in martial arts. And, it, you know, I'd like to know your take on it,
0: guys. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you clarified that because, one, I, I don't want to imply that, that there's some, I'm not trying to build out some conspiracy theory, that there's some horrible thing going on below the surface. Uh, but just that it has recently now occurred to me that this is the sort of landscape where that kind of stuff happens, that kind of predatory behavior. But you're absolutely right. We need to take one step further back and realize, you know, predatory might be too uh controversial a word but there is in that power dynamic absolutely um some we all know that guy at the gym is another way to put it right whether it's the gym you lift weights at or it's your mma gym or whatever we've all been around that guy who you're absolutely right somebody attractive comes to the door they're right on them every time every time every time and very often the consideration to uh, deter that behavior is a commercial one, right? You're going to scare away these potential students and customers. And that's an important consideration if you have a commercial enterprise. Um, But there's also just inherent in that the idea that that dude or that person is not always a guy, but that person is always out there. And how do we remain kind of mindful or or vigilant about that? Certainly, Diana's uh, article is a great reference. Nathan, what... I guess I'm just curious since you're the first person that really brought it up to me um I just love to hear you speak more
2: yeah I mean when you guys were talking about power dynamics it was making me think you know see it makes you think of cults. it makes you think of religious groups and then you see the comparisons with especially traditional martial arts groups when they have a well supposedly charismatic leader usually not but um some guy but everyone looks up to them um and I mean in the case that we kind of jumped off from and i've seen it before as well it essentially can be there can be some grooming like there can be i mean when you see someone an adult teaching and then they end up teaching and dating someone who was on their kids class originally which seems to have been the case with um the the case we were talking about earlier Like that's obviously another level, but you also see it with instructors just kind of giving someone a bit of extra attention and, uh, yeah, flirting with them a little bit. And obviously, if people look to the instructor in the room, you know, I mean, we've all probably had it. You know, people, you know, a woman comes into the gym and immediately makes a beeline for a a senior student or an instructor. um, In the same way that guys often, if someone comes in, they go for them. Those kind of dynamics within a gym are really, really difficult. Really, like i've me and my my gym manager carl we discuss this stuff all the time there's often something or you know someone will be in the gym and we can start to see something starting to happen um and obviously we as as guys we need to call out other guys if we see another guy behaving inappropriately we need to say something like that's uh, i find it harder to say something to women who are acting inappropriately um you know we we have had to have those conversations with people but yeah, like if it's adults they're adults they should be allowed to kind of do things that's why people that's what people meet people doing stuff but also again if there's a power dynamic that that becomes an issue um you know I was like, I said there's a lot to learn from other organizations but has anybody got this right as workplaces got this right with their hr departments is you know religion got this right like no one seems to have gotten gotten it right like how do we protect people and create a good environment and create a good atmosphere in our place and protect the people that are there. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We, you know, we talk about self-protection. I mean, geez, like we're trying to help these people. One
0: thing that, that we did reference and that certainly does exist is regulation, like regulating bodies. Um, I'm most familiar with some of the federations around uh, traditional karate or Taekwondo in the States and certainly there's BJJ ones as well. Um, But the really big commercial enterprises, the sort of suburban karate enterprises that are at times like uh, daycare you know child care programs to a degree they literally have buses that pick kids up from school i don't know if they do that there but they literally have their own bus that picks the kids up from school brings them to their karate school to the dojo they feed them food they do all this kind of stuff and i'm unaware it may exist and somebody listening can could point it out um but of a lot of checks and balances in those as much as it is really at the end of the day a commercial enterprise and so when you're talking about um you know if if there's a bad seed in that organization you know they might want to quietly get rid of them but a lot of the times a lot of the times it, it's a commercial consideration for them so that they can continue to re- remain viable as opposed to that governing body being strictly to ensure the safety and security of the people in that are students in that school, whether they're children or adults. Adults is different because, as you said, Mick, there's the potential for consensual relationships even that are naturally organically growing by two adults that are voluntarily training together on the mat. That kind of stuff happens. But the fact is that that stuff can happen and that's great. So what um, examples? Do you guys have of organizations that are maybe regulatory or um, martial art programs that have done a good job? And what are examples that we could cite for uh, maybe for a parent to try to keep an eye out for? Hey, this is good. Good checks, good balances to keep in mind.
2: Yes, I mean we're supposed to say good things, but sure <laughs> we'll get to you. But when you just mentioned uh like buses picking up kids and stuff, I mean the one combat sports instructor who created a massive big organization and became incredibly famous and was picking up kids from you know disadvantaged areas and bringing them to his gym and that kind of thing you know two of his main students were um committed a sexual assault and it turned out that he'd committed a sexual assault when he was a teenager as well so like yeah um i'm sure Mick knows who i'm talking about um, Yeah, so it, i
0: mean it's proof that that if nothing else those things do happen right I, yeah. obviously you i we're not saying that every organization is doing something terrible but to the parent who's thinking well yeah, i guess I will. there's a lot of these you know vans well sometimes it's as bad as yeah. it sounds
2: no no i, I was going to get onto what you were saying there but it just made me think like there's just so much of this um but yeah we'll do, we can talk about possible like, ideas for courses and qualifications that people should have um you mentioned parents it's it's a difficult all of this is a very thorny subject and you never want to be like you know, blaming the parents or anything like that but precaution is a good thing and i think parents should ask questions and if an instructor has um like over here an enhanced enhanced dbs uh which is the journal the check so they're okay to work with children and they've got first aid and they've got insurance they should be absolutely fine showing you those things. They should be happy to do it to make you feel safe and to show that they've gone the extra step to do all that. If the person doesn't want to show you that and gets annoyed, run, right? You know, and um, but also, but ask. Like the I, I don't train children. There was no one under sixteen allowed in my gym, and I still get parents messaging me all the time just saying how much is it can I just drop my kids off never asking any details for anything what I teach on the classes anything unless occasionally it's someone being like I want my kid to be a pro MMA fighter when he's older and they want to like I have people phoning me up saying "Oh, can my five-year-old come down and do MMA like they've got no idea what it would entail they've got no interest they just want to drop their kid off they think they want their kid to be a badass and I'm just like the mind boggles like what like what do you you're just dropping your kid off with a stranger to do fighting in a random place um but yeah but but you know ask questions uh talk to these coaches um try a few places out as well like that's always a big one for me like i always say go around because you know what like everyone goes to the closest place or the place where they know someone already goes but if you don't get a good vibe off that go somewhere else like just you don't have to stick there and you know and if there's ever an issue speak up again if a legitimate place is training children and they have safeguarding in place they have a procedure to deal with this if they don't go and find somewhere that does
1: so I'll give you an idea but right now i can show you my phone so i've literally had a message come through while we're doing this podcast so i get parents and they're like is it direct debit or can i pay by the class i immediately know that woman is literally going to drop her husband and the kid off and that's it.
0: What are some uh, programs or even hypothetical programs? So, you know, if you guys know of ones that are in your your area that are accessible in the UK or whatever, we can cite those as well. But hypothetical programs that we should have or that we should create or that we should seek out, to make sure we're checking all of those boxes. As you guys have been talking, I've been taking notes because it's occurring to me in this conversation, how important this thing is to me. Uh, so I'd love for us to maybe build a list for somebody else like me who's listening and for me as well.
1: I've got three children, right? All three of them are teachers or my youngest son works in academia. Every single one of them is like, as I say, when it comes to safeguarding, you have no idea now like the checks and balances that have to be done, just even down to silly stuff like, just don't be in a room alone with the child. Why? Because it's just too much drama. And that's literally, that is the schools telling them, you don't need to be there. Why would you do that? And it's it really, really shocked me because when the story broke, as I said, I know these people and I was totally in shock. And then I was like that. And then it made me question everything. Because I'm like, mm, okay, so they're everywhere there, and you know, without as as Kurt was saying, you don't you don't want to think that there's this massive conspiracy theory, but at the same time, I look back on behaviour that happened back 30 years ago, and I'm like, mm, no, 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 and it was like we were trying to like where we're trying to work out, but like, we're looking for a roadmap to get out of here. Me personally, all these guys who own these like super dojos who are worried about it, do you know what I think they need? They need the thing that they're afraid of most an outside body coming in and going, right, guess what? You don't get your ass in gear within a week. You're out. Why? And it's like, get four cameras up. How, how much does a GoPro cost now? Get four ring doorbells, mate. Like it ain't expensive. It's not expensive to do this. Why don't they want to do it? And I don't want to sound like, you know, the end of V for Vendetta here, but you know, If you're scared of that totalitarian regime that these guys are going to bring in,
0: what are you hiding? Kurt? Well, so you touched on a whole bunch of different things, but I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting to to speculate why somebody would have an issue with that. You know what I mean? Maybe for a lot of people, everything is political now, so they don't want to, they're afraid of anything that sounds like quote unquote governing body. But the fact is there's countless reasons why, um, to your point to nathan's point why why somebody would want to allow those checks and balances to come in would want to allow a neutral third party to come in that has no commercial interest uh, outright or has no political interest whatever that means in this day and age outright but it's really just about uh the Ensuring the common sense of what what safety and security is should feel like should look like etc, you threw out a bunch of different examples. Um, And again i'm trying to kind of take notes, as you guys are saying this, both as a parent as a martial art teacher as a martial arts school owner and as somebody who always has other parents asking me for advice and seeking out martial arts schools. Um, To those that i've given advice to who I don't know why they'd be listening but i'm embarrassed to realize in this moment, my advice has always been about styles. Like that's what they're asking. Well, here's why karate's good, but MMA could be good for this reason. Some kids like judo, little dudes wrestle, blah blah blah. Probably what they're asking is how do I make sure the school owner is not a scumbag? And then even though I'm a parent, it never occurred to me, and it's i know it's because i'm a martial artist i know how to sniff out the weirdos right i know if i walk into somebody's school right away i can tell the vibe the culture i can tell the way they're talking to people you guys are the same way anybody who listens to this who's been involved in martial art has that ability you you have that that sense but everybody else is not the the converted like we are and so some of the examples you've given so far yeah nathan go ahead
2: so i was just wondering some of these parents we're talking about like and asking where to put their kid. How many of them, when they're putting their kid in a school, do every check and move to a new area to get in a catchment and put their kid in that school? And then when they go to put them in a martial arts school, they just put them in the nearest place to them. Like, yeah, like, well, this, and like, a, just yeah, gotta treat it. You gotta go. Like, if I'm gonna put my kid somewhere that, you know, I've looked at what the best practices are for doing, you know, the, what I want them to achieve, and I do that with the school. Uh, why wouldn't you do it with their pastimes as well? Like, I don't It's Well, it's funny that you're saying this, because
0: one of the pieces of advice I've given it, which is in large part, because the way it usually is asked, at least of me is I want my kid to get into martial art for XYZ benefits, right? Discipline, activity, health, you know, usually disciplines, a big one confidence, anti bullying whatever. And so they have concrete reasons. And because they have an objective, one of the big things I say is at the end of the day, it's fair to say whichever place is closest to you is a good place to start because you're more likely to go, right? And if that that objective really is important, that goal is important for you and your kid, then being realistic with time management being such a factor as a parent, it's good to at least start your sniffing out there. But I do try to always point out as a parent, trust your gut. You know what I mean? If if you get a weird vibe off the people there, then there's plenty of other options. There's no reason to stick around with a place where you think maybe the teacher's a jerk or you didn't like something he said, go to the next place. Forget about it. They're all over the place, you know. Um, but you're right. I think in general, the evaluation process is different for any activity. I know right now we're in getting into summer camp mode for my kids to find activities to do to keep them occupied in the summer. And really the consideration is what's out there as opposed to you know despite how safety oriented i am as an individual what's the safest option out there it's really more like it, especially in 2022 with in the covid era we're in what's even available
2: anymore that's really interesting when you were saying about like what the, the the goals they're looking for and you know the anti-bullying and this kind of thing i think maybe and then trusting the good i think a good point maybe is piece of advice is don't fall for the advertising so much like it might be saying all the stuff that you think but con men are really good at that for a start you know um they might be saying all the right things but when you get in there if they aren't answering your questions they aren't doing best practices if they're trying to bully you into something if they're not letting you be involved um they'll be there and be around your kid and that kind of thing if they want you out of the gym or something like. Go with your gut. Go with your gut on that stuff. It doesn't matter what they're if they've got twenty kids lined up in a black belt. That 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 doesn't necessarily matter. If you don't feel it's right, or they're not giving you the answers you want, then then walk. Then walk. Here, one thing that does happen is there's a lot of like um,
0: community or neighborhood private groups on Facebook or other social media platforms, right? That are homeowners that are just your your neighbors or whatever it's it's kind of a um like it it would have been a uh uh, what do they call them back in the day the the message boards or whatever now it's a it's a facebook group or whatever so there's those are great resources and those questions get posted there a lot and if you are a parent uh, or you could suggest to parents that you know to even just run a search Uh, keyword search within any of those groups if you've got one that's for your community or whatever access one or create one for that matter if if one doesn't exist specifically for checks and balances like this definitely google reviews those things are are excellent point i just put that on the list Um, and sadly we, we also know that there's a lot of terrible things that happen that don't go reported so a google review can't be the end all be all so as parents there has to be some sense of trusting your intuition First and foremost, make sure you actually go to that place. Right. Talking to the school on the phone is good, but go there, right? Actually show up, actually experience uh what the class dynamic is like, not just on the free intro where they're trying to sell you or whatever, um, but the actual culture of the school on a regular weeknight, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm gonna refer here to the list just so we can make sure we we get it, because this is all the stuff you guys are are talking about. Um you know word of mouth recommendations is always thing one, and but it, it requires that you, uh, I think, follow through on that and make sure that just because you trust your friend and they found something good for their kids, it might still not feel like it's the best fit for you. You had talked before about, you know, a kid's got uh, I think you said processing issues, right? So if there's kids there that have special needs or whatever, um, it doesn't mean that every school owner is going to be well-equipped or every karate uh, sensei is going to be well-equipped equipped equipped to teach a special needs child for example as opposed to a neurotypical child they might be great with a kids program but that's a specific thing so trying to seek out what feels like a good fit for you and your family you also mentioned cameras surveillance is not only is it everywhere and i think more there than it is here but it's it's easy to set up and those cameras are and should be something that are um web-based so that you can go access what the camera sees so you can check on your kid right and it's not just cameras recording things for the sake of recording it which as a parent doesn't make me feel very good it's a camera that allows me to see everything that's going on they've had these for crying out loud in um like dog daycare things for a long time they sure as hell ought to have them for for where your children go or your loved ones go Um uh, background checks is a great idea i think maybe nathan you had mentioned that some kind of background check if it's not a, a default thing in the in the school you should at least uh, ask about that and i think if the school owner, the teachers pull a funny face over the idea of background checks, then that as a parent would make, or as a martial arts school, and would not make me feel good at all. Um, And the ratio is an interesting point. The the ratio of adults to children, making sure that that feels like a good balance to you, whether your priority is your kid getting enough attention or making sure there's enough just eyes on the room that everybody is safe and looked after in an appropriate, responsible way. Um, And then the last thing, as my wife being a child therapist, one of the things she had mentioned to me when I spoke to her about this was not only uh, regulating bodies and and having the correct licensure or or stamps of approval, but the need for continuing education relative to this subject, right? So is there a way that uh, these instructors, myself included, can seek out continuing ed to learn how to teach uh, special needs children, to learn how to be safe school owners and create a good culture and a good environment? And if not, can't we shouldn't we should we could we create those programs so other instructors can seek it out
2: one of the words as you were talking that it kept coming to mind is about being proactive both as a as a parent and as a school owner i think that it come down to if you're teaching kids you need to be proactive in what are the finding out what the best practices are and the thing is you know what if you're the leader in doing that in your area surely then that's going to make everybody bring their kids to you. If you're the person who goes above and beyond, if you're the person who gets the cameras, you're the person who goes and learns all the, does all the courses on education and, and gets everyone DBS checked. like make that your selling point, like be proactive. So for the guys who are business orientated, well, that's an aspect of it as well, but you should be doing that anyway. And hopefully the parents can be proactive with this too. Too bad that
0: such a horrible uh, case happened in the news there. And uh, you know, I, I caught trickles of that story here uh, on, in the States, but uh, <laughs> it, at least if nothing else, it's given us an opportunity to reflect on a subject that's extremely important, that in my opinion and experience uh, doesn't probably get touched on enough in the greater martial art community among adults or perhaps even among families. Um, and. I'm grateful for all the perspective that you guys have offered and for kind of cluing me into something that again I'm I'm a bit embarrassed I hadn't really thought of before and I'm able now to see what my mental blocks were and ways that I can help people in my community find good fits for them and I I hope that for anyone listening to this um one that they're okay with what's obviously such a, a thorny difficult subject but an important one um and two that if if you have not thought of this before, that it gives you some things to think about. Um, You guys offered some great answers to a lot of questions. And hopefully this, if nothing else, makes people ask better questions, right? And that's maybe the most important thing is ask more and better questions. And when it comes to the safety and well-being of our loved ones, um, there's Never enough questions to ask. Right? You, you can never ask enough. And so, I, I really appreciate the the information you guys have given to me and to the listeners of the show. Awesome, awesome episode, guys. Thank you.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.